everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Biggest understatement I could make, you know. Ain't God awesome? Wow. Wow. Man, he's so good. If you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 20. Of course, folks, this is the first Sunday of the month, and uh, no children's church today. We're so thankful, families, that you're here. Brought your kids with you. Able to hear the word today. So, just so good. So thankful for that. So thankful. How many of you brought your Bible? If you did, say amen. All right, for those of you looking for a songbook to lift up, we ain't got any. We ain't got any. Oh, we ain't got any. Hallelujah. I'm going to start with two simple verses. And it'll lead, I think, to more for sure. As John is, is kindly bringing to a conclusion, uh, really, the deity of who he is and, and, and the way John's gospel is different where the other three are synoptic, meaning they follow pattern, they follow sames. Uh, the gospel of John talks about Jesus, the Son of God, and his deity. And it's powerful, man. That's the reason that for the past several years, we went through the Gospel of John together during the fast. And as you continue to fast, depending on what type, I want to encourage you to keep drinking plenty of water, keep drinking plenty of liquid. And if you fell off the wagon, just get back on it and just keep on praying and believing. God is definitely stirring the waters and people are being changed. Man, they really are. Hallelujah. How many of you came today to receive a word from God? Okay, not me, but God. So listen, we're going to trust that today. We're going to believe that he's going to give you a word. The word of God says this in, in John chapter 20 and in verse 20. Excuse me, 30. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. John chapter 20, verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his, or he did, truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. There's a lot more than what's written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that you say believe. believe. Said so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. And that believing that you might have life through his name. What a great place to start. Father, that's your word today. That's your word today. And I'm so thankful for the gospel of John. 
I'm so thankful today, God, that so much more than ink on a page, this is the word, the living word, the true word. God, today, as we just start right here, I pray that your word would search out, God, would just begin to move through its inspiration with every soul in this place. That God, I pray that your word, Holy Ghost, you too, that in this way, that you'd even get to a place of spiritual haunting. That you would spiritually haunt, God, the places in our life that needs change. Father, the point that to the point that it would haunt in such a way that it bring a fear, bring a fear upon us that if we don't get shed of that or get rid of that or change, that something worse is coming. And that God ain't saying that not to put fear, not to do any of those things, but Holy Ghost, you come, <coughs> seek out and search. God, every one of us today, myself included, God, pulpit to pew everywhere in this place. Do what you do, and may we all leave this place changed for the better and for the cause of Christ. We love you, Lord. You just do what you do in Jesus' name. And everybody said hallelujah. So before you sit down, go ahead and repeat it. I done gave you the line, but turn to somebody and say, which ship are you? Which ship are you? Which ship are you? You can be seated. You can be seated. I want to start, if, if I'm just simply, I, I just want to start by saying this, and, and, and I love this passage, and it gripped me, Luke. It just began to just tackle me, if you will. I mean, hit me, boy, and I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, wow, man, this book can't even contain it. And I believe this to be the canon of Scripture. I don't put a lot of confidence. I was asked recently by somebody very dear to me, said, Brother Wayne, do you read these other books? Do you read the book of this one, the book of Enoch, the book of this? No, I read the book of Jesus. I don't read the book of Latter-day Saints. I don't read, I don't read the Quran. I read the Word of God. Why is that? Because I believe the Word of God. That Word of God changed my life. If it changed my life, it'll change your life. Not only do I read it, I believe it, I trust it, I hope in it. Can I get a witness in the house? And by the way, I just want to stop right now and just say this. I don't know about you, but mm, if you're waiting on victory, how many of you brought victory with you? Wait a minute, I just want to stop. I just want to interrupt this program if I can. I just want to say that if you're waiting for breakthrough, I brought breakthrough with me. Why and how can I say that? Because Jesus is on the inside of me and he's on the inside of you. And if he's in the house, somebody shout, I got victory. Then let some of that victory out of you and get into somebody else that's depressed and down and listen, been hit by the devil. Listen, for those waiting on a breakthrough, glory be to God. Breakthrough is in the house and his name is Jesus. Man, and by the way, you don't have to send $10. And I ain't going to send you some kind of Cracker Jack cross or some kind of little, I ain't going to do that. Can I tell you, I believe everything that he said I could have, I can have. I believe I got victory not because of you, not because of you, but because of him. I believe in a resurrected Savior. I believe in a church that should be alive and full of hope and full of healing and full of promise and full of delight. I wish I could get away. My simple line to start is why the Bible. Because it changed my life. And if God is not a respecter of, listen, if it's not a respecter of persons, if God is not, then if it changed me, it can change you. Why the Bible? 
I believe every verse. I believe in the infallible, indestructible word of God. I believe in that. That word has rocked me to sleep and gave me peace when I couldn't have rest. That word has been there when everything and everybody else seemingly has left me. That word has stayed in my life. It has proven itself in my life. And listen, if he did it, Why the Bible? Because I believe the word of God. The word says this, that they might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. The son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Not through somebody else's name. But through his name. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Why the word? Jesus said this, sanctify them through the truth. For your word is truth. For your word is truth. Instead of believing everything else that takes you down a rabbit hole and everything this and everything that and everything, won't you get into the word of God? And when you get into the word of God, the word of God will get into you. And I'll tell you what the word will do. When it becomes truth in you, you have to deal with the lies that are in your life. Wow. Why the Bible? Why the word? Why the church? Turn to somebody and say, what are you doing here? Now go ahead and give them a little sass. See if you can offend them. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Huh? Because sometimes the biggest, the biggest giant you got to deal with is the other church people you sit around. Hello. Remember David? Remember him? Remember when he came, his own brother said, remember sharing his own brother said, what are you doing here? Leave the cheese and the bread from daddy and get out. Let me tell you, I know why I'm here. I'm here because I got a cause. Got anybody else in the house got a cause? When you get tired of the effect on your life, you and I will start taking control of the cause and start believing in the cause that just like Jesus said, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. When we get that hard scripted into our mind, when we get that within our soul, you'll be able to overcome. Mm. You'll be able to overcome people around you. <laughs> Glory be to God. Why the church? What are we doing here? 2024, God's going to define himself right here. He's going to define himself. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. I remember years ago, Amy worked at a place, and when she did, this, this guy come in, and as soon as he come in, he started axing this one, and he started axing that one. He started doing this, and he started doing that and everything else, and uh, it didn't take long to figure out that that, that that was under new management. God's ready to take his house back. He's ready to take control of your life if you'll let him. You've just got to decide who you're going to let manage your life. You're going to let Facebook, you're going to let me, you're going to let her, you're going to let him. Who are you going to let Matt? When you get under new management, things will change. And guess what happens? God is sick of the fluff. He's sick, man, of those things at the top. He's sick of the hierarchy in the church. He's sick of all that mess. He's ready to start cutting at the top. They said, look out, pastor. I'm not the head of this church. He is. 
I'm aiming to do what he tells me to do. I'm still scared of him. <laughs> Whether you are or not, I fear God. Y'all like, well, oh, yes. I mean, there's like God and there's like Amy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why the church, Kathy? The word of God says this, and I say unto you, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 18. He said, I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. As Jesus is saying this, what he's doing is this, and it's amazing. He's standing there, right there at Caesarea Philippi, with a bottomless pit. Remember, Rick, with a bottomless pit behind him, that as they served the pan gods, which were multiple, that were different things, and the other gods, right there where the Jordan starts, right there as the river, as the, as, as the snow-capped mountains in the distance are melting and coming down, and that cool water begins to flow, right there in the midst of that, Jesus is asking him, who do you say that I am? And as he's standing there and he's saying this very thing, a bottomless pit is behind him. And he's saying, I'm going to build my church. And he's looking at his disciples and he's looking at anybody else who's there. And he says, I'm going to build my church, not your church, not their church, not a Baptist church, not a Methodist church, not a Pentecostal. I like to build my church. I like to build a church that doesn't look like anything else. I like to build a church that looks like me. I like to build a church that's full of hope, that's full of healing, that's full of deliverance. I like to build a church that shows people my glory. And they don't, hmm. And they're so humble before God, they'll allow themselves to be the reflection of who I am. I'll build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Today, people are tossing their kids into the bottomless pits of the internet. The bottomless, if you will, the very, the very outer loop, the very outer parts of even all the world that in a, in a, in a, in a click, in a click, you can be anywhere and everywhere. And our kids get lost into the abyss of the internet. Now on the other side of that is a stalker. And on the other side of that is somebody that's motivated as hell just as much as you are motivated by heaven. And there's somebody seeking out your child to devour them. There's somebody that's begging under the persona of something holy or something righteous, hiding behind something else. I'm gonna build my church. In 2024, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One will not prevail against it. Let me read you a quote by A.W. Tozer. It's worth it. He said this, 100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organization do not constitute a church. I'll read it again. 100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organizations do not constitute a church any more than 11 dead men make a football team. Oh, isn't it amazing how that we, we count the strength of the church? Thank God we finally started taking, we never had one. I don't think, maybe years ago at, with the first church I was at, we had a board on the wall. Somebody had a board on the wall and said this many attended last Sunday. And amazingly enough, we get that there on the wall and we're like, we had 54 people here. Yeah, you, had, you can have 10,000 there and God not. Mm. Oh, look, we had that many. We had this many in Sunday school. We took up $3.56 for the offering. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. 
Right? Come on, somebody. Y'all quit looking at me like you don't know me. Huh? I'm hometown. Thank God them boards ain't on the wall. Because I'll tell you this, I don't care how many people are sitting in the seats. If God don't show up, nobody gets changed. I'm going to build my church. I'm going to use these OX Harley riders. I'm going to use people with ponytails and tattoos. Woo! Charlie reminded me to use a donkey. I'm going to use slim, thin, tall, short, chubby. I just want some people that will let me inhabit them. In such a way that where they are, I can be there. I'm going to build my church. Oh, you know hell pushing back, Brother Wayne. Well, fold up, wimp. Fold up. Huh? Really? Man, square your shoulders back. And instead of you getting up, I wonder what hell going to do to me. Get up in the morning and let hell start thinking, I wonder what they're going to do to me. Flip the script on somebody. Huh? Get out of your routine. Get out of your same old, same old. I ain't even got a good start yet. Y'all pray for me. Pray for me. Here's another one. Here's another one. That's A.W. Tozer. I thought he nailed it. I thought he, I thought he nailed it. <laughs> he said this. Christians don't tell lies. They just go to church and sing them. Well, I'm leaving. Pack up the diaper bag. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Oh, honey, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I know, hitting me too. Worship is no longer worship. Mike, I like this. Worship is no longer worship when it reflects the culture around us more than the Christ within us. We build our worship services around us and not around him. Let me give you all a little news flash I got early this morning. No more curfew in the kingdom. Remember when you had a curfew? Did any of y'all have a curfew when you was a kid? The rest of you just run like a little hellion. And, but anyway, listen. When people care about you, they give you that kind of curfew. <laughs> right? There's a curfew. No more curfew in the kingdom. Like, whoa, what's that mean? No, the same way you had a curfew. I'm going to preach to somebody. You ain't going to like it, but I'm going to preach it. Y'all, just like you had a curfew, time to come. Oh, it's, it's two minutes till 10, 11, whatever your time was. Right, Sharon? I got to get home. Mama said get home. I'm going to get me. Huh? I'm going to get home. Now it ain't getting home from here. They getting home back to there. Now it's getting home from here. Like a certain tick. Curfew, got to get home. Out. And listen, Cinderella, one tick till 12 and you're gone. Be careful, you may turn into a pumpkin on the way to the car. <laughs> Please stay with me. No more curfew in the kingdom. God, when you're done, be done. When you're done, be done. And I say that with all the grace that's in me and all the love that's in me. I understand if you got to go, you can go. But I'll tell you what, you remember the last time you waited in line for something you thought was worth it. <clears throat> That's next message, Jamie.
I'm going to build my church. No more curfew in the kingdom. If you need to go, I understand. Some of, let me just move on. Let me just move on. Why the church? Why are we here? And as simple as this is, listen, that we've got to understand, man, that we're here to make a difference. Matthew 16, 19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Heaven, we want worship. And this is the thing. It's kind of what I wrote down just for me. We want worship to be centered around what we are going through rather than the sacrifice that he went through. Can I repeat that? We're real attentive in worship when we can center it around what we're going through. You're going through a tough time. Boy, load me up. Yes, Lord. Instead of what he went through. And our praise usually ends up just, just settling on our problem. Wow. It's got to shift. It's got to change. And I believe it is. I believe it is. Jake, will you come here, please? Would you come here, please? Jenny, would you come here, please? Would you? Yeah, I'm just going to use them for a minute. You need to get this. This next part, y'all like, oh, we're going back into worship again. I thought we were done. Stay with me. Watch this. This is really, this is important to me. Jenny, give me a G. One of us is off. <laughs> Some of you right now say, I've been off for a long time. They know it. You need to hear me. Jenny, are you sure that's a G? Positive. You know why Jenny knows that's a G? Because she knows that's the standard. doesn't change. God doesn't change. Jay, give me that G. That's horrible. <laughs> Some people are like, man, that's so beautiful. You're so messed up. Let me tell you this. Why did you play G like that? Because you told me to. <laughs> Oh, oh, so you told me that a man and a woman could live together and have all kind of, ba so you told me I could live like hell and still go to heaven. Give me a G, Jenny. Give me your G, Jake. You need to hear me. Give me a C, Jake, something crazy. That's so ugly. Can I tell you something? You need to get this. This is important. Hang on, I'm almost done. If God says it's a G, it's a G. If God says it's a B, it's a B. You need more than that. If God said it's a girl, it's a girl. Uh-oh. Come on. 
If God said it's a boy, it's a boy. Jenny, are you still positive about that, G? Positive. Jake, you just believe in what somebody told you. <laughs> I'm going to build my church. Not what on other people say. And I'm going to build my church that the gates of hell will not. You're getting a pushback right now. Are you going to fold and quit? Jake, play the G that God showed you to play. A little bit of amazing grace. Come on, Jenny. they're doing is they're telling you you know you know scale you can give me all that love ah me you give me all that good and the world's telling you no you don't go by that scale anymore you go by my scale I ain't doing it I ain't doing it give them a hand would y'all just thank God for them thank y'all Jake you finally got it right that's simple that's simple but guess what if Jake had told Jenny you got it all wrong how long does it take till Jenny and she's bombarded and she continually bombarded and she continually and then more people say that's not a G that's not a G I don't know what but that ain't mm. if Jenny don't believe and she ain't positive listen she'll sway the other way and so will you so will you he said, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. I'm going to share with you something that's been cooking in me for about a month. It's about three ships. It's about three ships. One of them you'll recognize really easy. The other two probably not. This is a word for this church. It was a word for the bridge, and I believe it's a word for us. You're not here today by chance. Something more than the person that called you, texted you, or prompted you. I believe you're here because the Holy Spirit inspired you at some level to get here. And I believe if he invited you, he's, that's just part of the task. He wants to finish the deal. Three ships. I want to talk about the ship that sank. The ship that saved and the ship that did nothing. It's a word for our church. You'll know the first one. In 1912, it was considered the ship of all ships. You already know where I'm going. You're already beginning to roll it off of your spiritual or off your mind's thought. But in 1912, there had never been another ship like this one. It was the star of its fleet. It had, it had gold. It had, it had all those things. It had the grandest of ballrooms, the stairs and everything. It had the greatest of rooms. And everybody that could afford it, and everybody that was anybody and meant anything, paid the price for its maiden voyage. 
is it would sail from east to west. You figured it out. It's the Titanic. I've taught on the Titanic several years back and there's some things by remembrance that come back to me. And this is what I really want to tell you today that this represents one type of church. That everybody wants on the church that has the best of musicians, that, that has maybe the best of everything, that maybe has the best place to sleep, wake up. <laughs> the ones that wanted to be seen, the Guggenheims, the different ones that were on the ship, those that had money said, I've got to be on that ship. And why not? It's considered the best. It shouldn't have sank. It shouldn't have sank because it was even touted as being the unsinkable ship. I'll talk about its design in just a moment. And all of its length and all of its everything and all of its splendor. But the design, Amy, is where it was at because they said this ship is virtually unsinkable. Now somewhat lore, maybe somewhat truth, maybe mixed, that somebody even said God himself couldn't even sink this ship. 1912, the Titanic. Oh, its design, maybe in theory, was right, Steph. Maybe in theory it was right because the way they had built it is there were 16 compartments all the way down the length of that ship. 16 different airtight on this level compartments that were there, Charlie. In all, th in all theory, in all feasibility, it should have, should have held up. And TJ, what had happened is this. They said, you know what? That if any one of these compartments end up flooding, that if any one of those holes, a part of the hole is punctured, the water will go in there and it will stay, but it won't sink the ship. After midnight, on that April morning, barreling, barreling at a fast speed because it could. And the captain said this full steam ahead. Why? Because we want to cross the Atlantic and let people know how fast and how powerful this ship is. How quick we can get from one side to the other. Hello, church. The man in the watchtower coming up so fast. And the thing is, I remember from memory, this part that as he come, he wasn't able to see the iceberg. He wasn't able to see what was under the surface. Hello, church. Because on the outside, maybe the sign's right. Maybe it's this is right. Maybe that's right. Maybe all of that. But maybe we can't see today what's truly under the surface. And before they knew it, before they could turn, they struck that iceberg. You know the story, right? Hollywood showed you the story, remember? he hit it and I'm sure to many they felt the jolt and like many today are feeling the jolt and yet taken for granted that they're on the right ship well you can't sink this ship we're too powerful we got too many people we got too much money it's not this church we're going to trust in man's design they said yeah. they said come to church and you'll make it to heaven what a lie You know the story, and in theory, so it hits one hull. The water fills in, right? 
The water fills in. That one gets full. Then what happens? It gets to the next one. How's it get to the next one? And then the next one. And then even at four to six. And then we, what we've got, Charlie, it's beginning to happen. And what happens is this, is that because it starts, oh, then people on board, now the partying stuff, people are like, oh, what's going on? Wait a minute, my, my, what, what is going on? And things begin to tilt. Maybe those that were already in bed, they're saying, what's going on? And much of the church today doesn't even realize the worldly church, what is going on? Something is off balance. We're praising us more than we're praising God. In the midst of all that design, there was one flaw. They forgot to seal the top of each one of those compartments. Read it. Read it. As the water filled up, it done what it was supposed to, Larry. It contained it to that. But then the water level and the weight of that ship brought that up and it spilled up. Can I preach to you for a minute and talk to you about why you're sinking and why the church is sinking? Because you've got all these compartments in your life. And what's happening is that, listen, your work life, because it's spilling over into your married life, your married life and the tra- spilling over into your kid's life. You can't... And instead, and there we are. And before you know it, it's tilted, it's jilted, it's all this, it's all of that. And then you remember the pictures, you've seen it, and how that it literally got more weight in it than it could stand. And it begins to nose up. And one of the greatest maritime deaths and losses that the world has ever known. 1,700 people died that night because they trusted in man's design. Well, I believe in the Koran. I, I believe, I believe this, I believe that. I believe somehow, I believe a little bit of Christianity, a little bit of Buddha. I believe a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you got a little bit of this and you got a lot of nothing. Hold on, you're starting to offend me. I hope so. Because I'm going to tell you right now, unassuredly and most assuredly, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, and there's no other way to the Father but by and through him. Can I say that again? Thank you, I will. He is the way. Say he's the way. Say he's the truth. Say he's the life. Say no man. Say no man. Cometh unto the Father. But by him. Woo, I believe that. Tell that to the Pope. Tell that to Brother Wayne. Tell that to Furtick. Tell that to Hagee. I ain't listen. Get this. I got two more boats. Stay with me, ships. This one right here, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the church is this. I'm going to go ahead and give y'all just a little bit ahead of something, okay? <laughs> crazy the stuff you get from the Lord, but I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this. I'm, I'm just going to turn with the Lord, I'm talking about compartmentalizing things and talking about that. Well, we got a good children. Well, tell me about your church. Well, we've got a great children's department. We've got a food bank. We've got this and we've got that and we've got this and we've got that and you've got all that and you ain't got Jesus. Come on. What I'm getting ready to say is hard. Buckle up. 
spending my time in prayer this week and as I'm talking to the Father and just spending time and just usher Amy just so simply into my spirit I get a picture of a zoo and I'm walking through the zoo and I'm seeing the lion habitat and I'm seeing like where the chimps are I'm seeing this I'm seeing all this habitat I'm thinking Lord what are you? I'm like walking with the Lord Kathy in my mind I'm walking he said that's just like your church I said what he said because people are staying in their own mm-hmm. no we can't be a mm-hmm. we can't be that because we're this God said, I'm going to build my church. And I'm not going to build it to hold you back or to hold me down anymore. I'm going to build my church in a different way. And you're going to come out of these habitats. You're at the, I ain't in that camp. Mm-mm. Oh, they believe in raising their hands. I don't believe in that. Somebody's, they speaking in, what they do? What? They believe in healing? Yes. I believe in the power of God. Oh, this is where the lions stay. This is where the monkeys stay. Everyone of y'all right now, I'm going to be a lion, not a monkey. I know you do. I know you do. Just walking me through that. And I'm thinking, why? And we make all these places for your kids and all these places to comfort you. But when can we start making a place for God? Cricket, cricket. Right? And it went down took two hours and 40 minutes to sink what was unsinkable we may be here that long today somebody like oh I'm already sinking I know you are (laughs) help brother Wayne (laughs) two hours and 40 minutes starts to go down oh we can't sink us how long did it take and then they start loading the lifeboats remember you've heard about it they loaded the lifeboats and out of the 2200 that were there the deaths of more than 1500 were there they listen death of more than 1500 Shan, but the thing is is this about 700 got on the lifeboats somewhere around 700 then we probably said this, that, that you know what, that, that, that maybe they had enough boldness, they didn't even put enough lifeboats on it because they wanted to make room for the luxury and not the lifeboats. The thing about the Titanic is this, is that it received six warnings. Six warnings. Listen, there's an ice field coming. Listen, you need, listen, you need to slow down. Six warnings, and he did nary one. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Six warnings. Six warnings. Six warnings. How many of you have heard about the Titanic before? Raise your hand, please. A lot, most. Todd, you didn't raise your hand, but I know you did. I know you did. How many of you ever heard of the Carpathia? One, two, three, maybe maybe five. Wow. Hollywood's doing its job, isn't it? The Carpathia. 
I got one that sank. I want to talk about the one that saved. The Carpathia didn't set sail with all the with all the the glory with all of this. It had its purpose. It would carry both. It would carry supply and it would carry people and it would get them from one side to the other. It wasn't there to be boasted about, bragged about. It didn't make all of the headlines or anything else. And yet in its own right, it was right. The Carpathia that morning, that early morning, there was a young man there that was on the Carpathia that he was there and he heard a distress signal. He had heard something come over the wireless, if you will, and he had done that and he thought, what is it? And it was the Titanic sending out, if you will, something like an SOS and, and, and sending it out and, and sending it to anybody in the area. And there were other boats in there. I'll get to that in a minute. And the thing, Heather, is that as it was there, this young man heard it. He was getting ready to go to bed. He was getting ready to go to sleep. And yet he heard it and he said this. He thought, what do I do? What do I do? He went and told the guy that was, that was really his boss. He went and told him before he got to the captain's room. He went and told him. He said, he said ah, are you sure about that? He said, yeah. The rumor was that they could even see the flares. Not them, the other one. I'll get to that in a minute. But he told him all of this thing. He gets to that point and he says this. You gonna tell the captain? He said, I've got to tell the captain. He goes and the captain, you don't really know his name either because it's not about that. And he gets to the captain's door. He knocks on the captain's door and he's really apprehensive because he thinks the captain may do anything to him. He's that kind of guy. He knocks on the door. The captain's pretty gruff and says a few choice words and different things. And yet the young man is persistent. And he said, I know that I've got a distress signal. He said, I know that I've got a call. I know I've heard what I've heard. And the captain looks at him and he says, are you sure? Jenny, are you sure? You're sure that G, aren't you? He said, I know what I've heard. The captain puts his clothes on. He gets to the top of the ship and preparations start being made. And the first thing, one of the first things that the captain does, there's two or three things that really intertwine. The first thing he does, maybe the second, I don't know. He says, listen, turn off all the hot water. Put every bit of what we've got. Listen, turn it off for coffee, tea or whatever. Put everything we've got. Put it down to the boiler room. Everything we've got. Put the coal on. We've got to go. We've got to go in their direction. But before we do, turn to somebody and say, you've got to turn this ship around. captain says turn this ship around there's a distress signal and the Carpathia and the captain Luke they begin to they turn that ship around and he tells that's not it then he begins to tell all of the crew and he tells everybody on board listen you go ahead and get the pillows the sheets the warm clothes you get everything ready you get our food ready because listen we believe there's a distress call and we're going that if that ship is going down we're going to rescue anybody and everybody we can hello church the one that sank and the one that saved What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The young man that did that was very reluctant for his name to be put anywhere. He received some kind of medal, different things like this that were very distinguished. Only very humbly did he receive those. Matter of fact, without notoriety or anything else later on in his life, he's found probably in a humble abode. And that way, Kathy's found there and he's really, he just really still wants to stay away and probably still with one of those lines that are simply, I just did what I knew to do. And today with a church that says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, really. And I'm going to stop right here and ask you, how many of you are hearing the calls right now of people in distress? (laughs) 
Can you hear the mamas cry? Can you hear them? Can you hear them through the drug-infested mind, through, through, through the alcohol, through whatever that it is, even through their drunken rage? Can you hear them crying on the inside? Can you, can, can you look at them with teeth rotting out of their head because of all the drugs they've done? Can you see a soul there? There's somewhere in the midst of the hollowness that the very drug has bore out that very thing within them. Can you look at them and see that there's still hope? If they've got breath, they've got hope. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Say, if they've got breath, they've got hope. So what do we do today? Full steam ahead. I got to get home. Just get me to the other side, pastor. And what about those lifeboats? Look around you. Go ahead, look. Empty seats. Oh, wait a minute before y'all get mad at me. Hang on. I believe this church is a lifeboat. The most important seat in this place. I'll use this one. The most important place or seat in the kingdom is this one. The empty one. Go out into the highways and hold on a minute, Pastor. You just want more people to come to this church. I'm not. But I believe that the lost deserve an opportunity to hear the gospel. I believe they deserve mercy. I believe they deserve the opportunity to feel the presence of God and to see the love of God. And we look over and I need elbow room. You know, can I talk about that for a minute? Thank you, I will. Isn't it amazing how that when you said somewhere, you know what you do? You throw your coat up. You put your coat up. Next, I don't want anybody to get any closer to me. Amy just now, you know how we do. Yes, yes. Well, you know, isn't it amazing how when you want space, you put your coat there, you pull anything. Listen, you pull a Kleenex out your pocket, put it on the seat next to you. If you need to, you'll crumble it up like you don't snot it. You'll do anything you can. Won't we? We'd make room. But boy, I tell you what, when it's to go to watch the movie, when it's go to go somewhere else, listen, you'll make room. Is there room for me? Oh, yeah. And you'll start... Yeah, come on, we got you. Liar, there ain't no room. But you'll make room for them. Now, I got to tell you this. I got to be careful with focusing on the empty seat. But what I'm giving that to you, I'm giving that to you today. Because every seat in this place that doesn't have somebody in it is a missed opportunity for somebody to hear the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. Let me move this seat. Y'all be keeping your eyes on that more than a word. The Carpathia. The Carpathia. The Carpathia goes not knowing it wouldn't be long to where they couldn't get the, they, they wouldn't be able to hear from them, but they went anyway. The Carpathia arrived at the distress calls position at 4 a.m. that morning. Approximately an hour and a half after the Titanic went down. After it went down, claiming this number, 1,523 lives. I said 1,700 earlier. I think this is the right account. 1,520, 1,523 lives. 
For the next four and a half hours, the ship took on 705 survivors of lifeboats that were not full. They did something about it. 26,000, 28,000 people that you've heard, I don't know the exact number that live in this county. It's fluid. It's fluid. But of this and, 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 and the detail or the statistics and different things that some folks have done locally, the, the number is staggering of how many people actually go to church. And I do want to make a difference between going to church and to be a part of an evangelistic church. In a church that allows for the Holy Ghost to move and minister to each soul every Sunday and every Monday. The 26, 28,000 in this county, as we're setting forth, I'm going to build my church. That seat matters. About less than 10 of you had heard about the Carpathia. Can I tell you something? Nobody may ever hear about you and the one you minister to on the street. Nobody may ever hear about the one you minister to at the jail. But when you get to heaven, there just may be somebody run up to you and said, I'm the one. I'm the one. third one is the most tragic even greater than over the 1500 lives that were lost on the Titanic this one by record none of them perished the name of this ship was called the Californian and I thought oh goodness that makes sense <laughs> some of y'all get that later <laughs> for those of you waiting for California to turn around let me move on let me move on California was one of those ships that was in the area and by the inquiry what they had found Larry is this is that there was reports from the guy that was on deck and the guy that was manning the radio he went to the captain he went to those in charge and said listen we've got a distress call but the captain heeded according to according to what I've read he, he didn't heed to the call he kept on sailing matter of fact I believe he even slept And how many churches and how many pastors and how many preachers and how many praise teams are asleep at the gospel wheel and saying, let's just roll on until we get to heaven. A young man and others that were on there, even that were on the deck, said, we've seen the flares we were close enough to see the flares, but they did nothing. Hands went up in here, and so y'all you, you know I set you up pretty regular. Hands went up everywhere when I said, how many of you know somebody in a distress signal? And hands go up without hearts attached. I'm not condemning you because can I tell you something? This is hitting me like a brick. Remember, I've been chewing on this for about two weeks trying to get up enough spiritual nerve to get it out. 
and then starting to fear God more than I fear you and I fear my own death, if you will, for self. Sail on. Sail on. And because of that, 1,500 people drowned that could have been saved. Do you really think, now listen, I know you got people in your life, I do in mine, I've got people that you're going by every day in the lifeboat, you're making the call, the text, you're doing this, say, hey man, I'm here, get in. They slap your hand away. I understand that. But do you think on that night, do you think on that night, that cold night when the waters were just almost freezing, do you think that if they'd have come by in a lifeboat, that if the Californian had come by, do you think everybody said, no, just leave me, this water's fine. (laughs) Ain't that right, Sally? You're stupid. Get me up there. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is that listen, I want to be more than an address. We've got to get back to some original vision and some original things that when I say that, we've left it. There's more coming. I think it'll be two weeks. I get it out, maybe. But the Californian just went on. Stories are told of husbands and wives holding hands and going down together. Stories are told of, you've you've heard them stories. Which ship are we going to be, church? Are we going to be the Titanic and trust in our compartments and think somehow that that that'll keep us afloat? Are we going to trust in God? Oh man, they got praise. They got great praise and worship. Not crazy about the preacher, but they got great worship. It's okay with me. Man, they worship too long. They don't worship enough. They don't this. They don't. Can I tell you something? Quit worrying about the they, the them, and start worrying about the him. When you walked in here today, when we walked in here today, we had a golden, uh, maybe a one chance, op- one, one, one time opportunity. To minister the gospel. That's what we're waiting on, Pastor. Do it. No, you can be the gospel instead of coming in and saying, Get me to the other side of this service. I've tried to change church and I can't. Must be God. I know, Amy, pray for me. I know you do. I don't want to be the one that sank. I don't want to be the the ship that did nothing. You said you've based every bit of this passage and everything of this today upon a story. It's a true story. And it's relevant today. Praise team, will you come? And before you start your car, before you start your car and think about your way out would you think about your way in this book Amy it can't contain all the people that were healed 
It can't contain everybody's blinded eye that was open. It can't contain, Leisha, every lame person that walked. It can't, con it can't contain all of that. That when I think about this book, and Larry, I think I've got this right. We consider this the canon of Scripture. I consider it the completed work of God. And not putting all my trust in the King James, it's not that. I'm going to say it. Listen to me. I want you to get this and not get this wrong, okay? How many of you believe that's a complete book? See, I do, brother. It's unfinished. Hold on a minute. It's complete, but it's not finished. There's one more blinded eye. There's one more that needs to be saved. There's one more marriage that needs to be restored. There's one more life, Lauren, that needs to be changed. I want to add to it. I know we're not supposed to add or take away, Larry. I understand that. I understand that biblically. But his work is unfinished. He said, greater works, Larry Darst, will you do than I've done. Can you imagine that, Larry? That a boy that was raised up at St. Paul, Kentucky, That a child that was went from a trailer to was blown away by a tornado to apartments on a hill to a house on Alexander Drive to marrying a man and moving 13 times. <laughs> God's not done that. Charlie, I wonder today, are we are we willing to turn around? Are we willing? The captain of the Carpathia, that once he received, he said, I'll turn this around. We're going, but Brother Wayne, 50, there's going to be people that don't make it. See, that's tough for me. There's going to be people that I go back for, and they're not going to make it, Luke. They're not going to make carry the right decision. They're not going to do it. But can I tell you, there's some waiting in a lifeboat, and had they not been rescued, they would have died in the church. They would have died in the lifeboat. Today you're in it and you're thinking, I'm in it. But no, you're going to die in here. If you don't get Jesus, by the way, can I present him to you? Can I present to you Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the one that when I had no hope gave me hope? The one that when I thought it was over gave me a beginning. That one that when the weight of the world was on me lifted that weight. The one that when all I thought I had was death showed me life. Wow. It's him. Oh yeah. The one the Father sent, remember? Jesus is coming back and he's coming back to get his church 
He's not coming back. When he comes back again in the clouds, 1 Thessalonians 4, when he comes back, he's coming back for his church. At that moment, it'll be too late. Today you have time. Your mouth hasn't opened, but I hear your distress. There's some things not right. Church, maybe today some of you have been getting all the warning signals and you just keep going. Barely keeping your head above water. Jesus, you won't make it. This man-made design of the church, you're going to see a big difference in 2024. Stephanie, that's really where I was going. That's what I was saying. There's a real separation coming. Hey, I want to do it today. Let's, let's do this. Many of you have already started praying. And intercessors, I would ask that you pray. Because you forget everybody else. And if that takes bowing your head and shutting your eyes, go ahead. Just go ahead. Just forget about everybody else for a moment. How many of you would be honest today and say, you know what? I'm sinking. I, 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 I'm seeing that I don't have Jesus in my life. And I need Him. Would you be bold enough, brave enough today to slip your hand up? Would you just slip it up? Would you slip it up? slip it up would you be bold enough to slip it up are you bold enough to say I've been in church but I'm still sinking I'm still sinking I'm still sinking church people <laughs> which ship which ship are we going to be which one are we going to be? Turn us around, Lord. Let our focus be back. God, on this community and the lost. Do what you do, Lord. Do what you do. For those that need change today, ready your opportunity's coming I'm not going on like this is I need change today in my life I need Christians that want to be part of that kind of church and I think he's looking for those today that are going to be part of something just like that say I'll turn around in this life but I'm going back I'm going back and I'm going to look for those as you stand to your feet Christians will you come on up and pray will you pray for this church will you pray for this body of believers will you pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ would you come would you pray and pray believing
not just for this church, but for the church in this community. Don't wait for somebody else. If you're in the middle of the aisle, please, please just say, I need out. I need Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged.